Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. As a mom, I know that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. That's why I only feed my kids Footy Prime the podcast. It's chock full of wholesome natural ingredients like Brennan Dunlop, James Shaman, Craig Forrest, and it's enriched with Jimmy Brennan and Dan Wong. And it promotes regularity. Hey, Ma, can we get another bowl of Footy Prime? <laughs> and the kids just love it. So start your children's morning with Footy Prime the podcast and get the party started. You know, we did actually have a, a show not too many weeks back where we spent a large part of it talking about our favorite cereals. So that was a great opening, JC, and it kind of really flowed on from that that conversation. Yeah, maybe you think of shredded wheat. What kind of cereal would Footy Prime be? Crunchy, something crunchy or something that gets really sloppy and, you know, mushy be, under the milk? I think it would be like that one piece of, of uh, cereal in Ted Lasso when he pours the bowl out and it's ooh, just one shredded wheat. Boom. And then, yeah. are you hungry? No, I had a big piece of cereal for breakfast. It's good stuff. Is that what it is? Yeah. The yeah. one remaining piece of wheat prime in the box. But it's really big. <laughs> just... It's really big and dry. Oh, so it's like, so it's more like a shredded wheat then? It's a, yeah, it's a giant shredded wheat, but yeah. just one big one and it ooh, goes Boom. in. Boom. Boom. I would it. think uh, Captain Crunch. Huh. Like a good crunch about it. You think so? You leave it in a milk too long, it goes soggy. Yeah. Oh, but the initial, but the like, initial but, bit is on a good crunch, and then after it's like, eh. So it's like when the podcast starts, right, it's like crunch. And by the time an hour and five minutes rolls around, it's just like this soggy, mushy mess. That's, a, that's the metaphor. That's what we are. It is. <laughs> like, that's the metaphor. Throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> throw that last little bit. Throw it in the garbage. But you have to strain it first because it won't go down the sink. It's yeah, yeah, hard to get rid of. The shred you expanded to about a foot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not even your dog wants to eat it. Yeah. No. You need you need a salad bowl after because it expanded so much. <laughs> yeah, we're a mushy bunch of crap. <laughs> Shaman, Brennan, Forrest, JC's here. 
Wong is here. Dunlop's not here today. Hairdressers. Um, oh, we yeah. were talking before we, we came on today about... <laughs> she said facial. Yeah. <laughs> facial. Facial. You can speaking, imagine you're getting a massage, facials. right? <laughs> Do you think he's getting a facial facials. right now as you speak? <laughs> Uh, you know, I I hope so. <laughs> hey, B, um, what did you do that for? <laughs> we'll ask him. On, we'll ask him on Friday how his facial was. <laughs> if he enjoyed it. He didn't Such talk a... about why he wasn't absent tonight, did he? He, he left. No, he just, just said no. I'm not, I'm not here. Coming. I'm not available. I'm not coming. Make up his excuses. <laughs> hey, JC, give him a call. Give him a call. The issue JC, wasn't the issue is not not B coming. It was anyway. Ask um, for Christina's. <laughs> um, so before we uh, we we came on today, we we're talking about dentists for some reason. It got me thinking. When you guys um, sign up with a club in England or wherever, do you get a benefit package? Because obviously you have club doctors, right, to take care of you. But is yeah. it like a benefit package? Like we were getting in a regular job. We did. We we had a dentist that we would come in. Every uh, every every few months, he would come into the into the training ground and look at our teeth. Whether he did it properly or not, I disagree because he was only one guy showed up. Was probably you. Yeah, I was the only one that said, "I'm going to go get my teeth checked, guys." And they're like, "What?" Yeah, but was there a drug plan? Like, say you guys, you know, needed to get some penicillin for some reason. Yeah, you have a club doctor who gives you prescriptions. Yeah. So it's a club doctor. There's not like a benefit plan here, like where you fill out the forms and you get your money back. You just have a doctor at, on call all the time. Yeah, the doctor, dentist, chiropodist, mm-hmm. really everything. But if you needed a if you needed a test for something you would need penicillin for, you needed to go to Clinic Eight at Ipswich Hospital. Not that I know. <laughs> <laughs> and not that I know, but penicillin cures everything. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> not everything let's just hope whatever B is doing tonight he doesn't need a trip to the clinic tomorrow yeah. hopefully it's a good old innocent facial anyway um, yeah, I just found that interesting right because it's, it's going to be one of the okay so you get a benefit package here the missus can go and get you know, drugs or dentist, you know, the kids can too. Is it the same thing over there? Like, I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm so curious about this. Everything's just covered with the club. You have yeah. your club doctor, you know, everything that is brought in, any drugs that you need is brought, you know, to you basically. What, what if he's a really bad club doctor though? And he's just giving you bad prescriptions, bad prognosis. Well, then he's probably fired. Hmm. Yeah. And they have to know all the ins and outs about what they can give you and what not, because a lot of over-the-counter drugs are actually on the band's substance list. That's right. So like a, something in England called a night nurse, you know, to help you get through sort of the night sleeping clogged up, all that kind of thing is is actually banned. So you have to be very aware. So anything you take, that sort of thing, they want you to tell them, keep them informed about, or if you want to take something, can you take it? But like could you take the much, wife there? Much. Like, could could the wife or the kids go and see the club doctor if they had an ailment? If it was and bad, they, yeah. If it was bad, yeah, you'd call the club doctor and just say, "Wow, that's not a bad deal, is it?" Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Dentists in England, rotten. 
Not see, when you see them. I see. I, I just find this odd. You know, this whole British dentist thing that you know, this this stigma attached to British people and their teeth. I don't I think saw it's a dentist. I, I don't think it's a stigma. It's a fact. <laughs> 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 I mean, let's face it, the very high percentage of, uh, you know, average to below average teeth. <laughs> are like a broken piano. One or black, of, one white witness. British one descent is what you're saying. That yeah. Generally speaking, you get 10, 10 English blokes in, in a line. Yeah. How many one big teeth? Newcastle scarf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. I've got beautiful pearlies myself. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but they're fake. So yeah, they are. <laughs> are they? No, they're not fake. Got a are veneer they? on one of them. Let me see. Got Smile. It. So you got one fake one. No, it's just a veneer. I got it chipped years ago on, on a beer bottle, and uh, they put like a temporary thing in there, and it lasted. Were you me trying about to open a bottle years. with your teeth? No, my dickhead friend just kind of did through the old elbow without noticing, and it was bottle in my mouth and just oh. chipped the tooth. And they did fixed it temporarily, but it lasted me years. Did and it then, ruin uh, your evening or did you continue through the evening? Well, how long have you known me? I know. I just want to, I want you to be proud of yourself. I want to. No, I, I was you. smiling bigger and bigger than usual. I was and very proud it of it. Chipped the tooth badly? Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was clearly. Yeah. Yeah. And then actually, um, I was at. Looked like, let's see. Looked like Lloyd Christmas. I could see it. There, yeah. I can't see like Nice, nice. It's nice. It's yeah, kind of yellow. Kind of yeah, they're a bit yellow. Yeah, I drink a lot of coffee, a lot of tea. I need some uh, some Crest White, Jimmy. Do you have any lying around? Right here. Look at it. <laughs> 3D White as well. Wow. wow. What is the 3D White? What is the 3D yeah. of, it's pretty of pop. Crest? That's white teeth, Dan. See yeah. it? I that's like what it, it does. I, when glad. you use it, that's what happens. Not like, you... like, not like you guys when you use that Tandoori toothpaste. <laughs> this is Crest... <laughs> 3D white. But Jimmy, you, got, you have to use it more than once. <laughs> um, so a big, big uh, announcement tomorrow, fellas, regarding the 2026 World Cup host cities being announced across Mexico, the States, and Canada. As we know, the three up for bidding in Canada are Toronto, Vancouver, and Edmonton. Um, looks like Edmonton's out. That's the hot rumor at the moment. Um, Commonwealth Stadium wasn't up to snuff for FIFA. Um, so it's going to be Vancouver and Toronto. Craig, anything you can add here? With your numerous contacts in the biz? Well, I don't think it was at Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton needed some work, right? So if you look at the three three locations, um, the turnkey, the best one is Vancouver, right? I mean, as far as infrastructure, logistically, it's in a very good location geographically for the, you know, other hosts or potential. So that's something they take into account. Toronto, they've got to get to 45,000 people um, minimum. And that's uh, that's not going to be a problem, but that's work to do. And Edmonton is a little older and a little bit further north. So uh, it'd be great if all three got them, regardless of all if it's two or three. Uh, there's 10 games uh, guaranteed that we be played in Canada, potentially a knockout game as well. Canada's games will all be played in Canada, but not necessarily the entire group. Um, so that's where I've got so far. And... Uh, It'll be very, very interesting to see what happens. But it's the FIFA committee that uh, that make this decision. Um, 
one thing about 2026 that's uh, interesting as opposed to other ones is that it's the first one that FIFA will actually take over from the federation or the associations. So the Canadian Soccer Association uh, has no, uh, once it's announced, they have no play or nothing to do with it whatsoever. Uh, so when Peter Montopoli, for instance, makes his move over to uh, FIFA, that's what he did when he quit Canadian Soccer Association to go to FIFA Canada. And there's going to be a FIFA Mexico and a FIFA USA committee as well to look after all their sites and everything and logistical issues and things like that. So it's a, it's such a big event. I think it's a, a good move. Um, I think UEFA is going to do that as well, uh, making that move, uh, I think, after this last one. So um, very important stuff. So it'll be for full-time guys working for FIFA yeah. and nothing to do with our association. I've got something here, guys, that I want to throw on your plate and you let me know what you guys think. We we have a, a World Cup every four years. There's an awful lot of money that gets spent. The infrastructure for stadiums, you know, the increased capacity, for instance, Toronto FC is going to get lifted to 45,000. Are we going to get 45,000 for Toronto FC games after that? Probably not. And... Around the world, the amount of times that you see after World Cup, these stadiums are just, they're finished. They don't sell them out. They don't pack. Why not say the World Cup every four years is going to be in America? You got 32 NFL stadiums that have capacities over 60,000 and have a World Cup there every four years where infrastructure around the world and countries, nothing's going to go to waste. You're not going to lose money. And you're going to have a successful World Cup because it's so multicultural and everybody really wants to, to come to North America at some point. What do you think about that? Well, they do that with a Gold Cup already. Yeah, but and, that's for CONCACAF. And if you ask the Italians, German, French, Dutch, Welsh, English, Scottish, they're going to say, hey, Jimmy. If you get a chance to fuck off, take it. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, I can accept that for European countries, but for the rest of the world, no. Oh, look at oh, that doesn't make sense. They're gonna be they're gonna be happy with you. Oh yeah. Okay, so we're gonna go to Qatar and you got these stadiums. They're just oh no, there. that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Brazil. But look at Canada. There's nothing. Bra I mean, Brazil, Brazil, oh. Brazil, the same thing. Brazil, they have built these beautiful stadiums and they're just going to waste now. You can rent some of those stadiums for birthday parties now. Well, yeah, you know what I mean? It's it's like a waste of money. Uh, I mean, the fact is, I mean, the, the, the states, the states, you're right. The states could easily though host World Cups easily. every four years, no problem at all. But it's place. a World Cup, right? It's considered a World Cup. They want to spread it around and they want to grow the sport. This is listen. This is what they say. I understand it's probably bullshit, but they do want to grow the sport in some areas which aren't necessarily footballing cultures. Now that's what they say about Qatar. It's bullshit. We know that they, they, they went is. there because of the money, but they went to Africa to help grow the sport there. What's the legacy? I don't know. They have Nothing. these legacy programs, and yeah, the legacy is empty stadiums, right? There's no legacy programs. Show mm -hmm. me a legacy program wherever they've gone. Because what I see I is think people by just waste some money. 2030, we're going to see big changes when that comes, because 26, these stadiums are all, and something has to be built. But even Qatar, you know, some of the stadiums are built with, what are they, built with the thousands and thousands of and containers. they'll dismantle them afterwards. And be basically picked up, moved around the world to help facilitate so you're talking, stadiums. You that would be the way to that, go. That they should have 
modular stadiums that they just pick up and move everywhere. Well, Possibly I think we might could, be the, we the answer as far as going to yeah. I, I think this the solution is just what we're seeing now for 2026, and that is having numerous nations hosting a World Cup coming together, yeah. right? You don't need it in one country. It's nice and all, but the, the fact of the matter is logistically in the price, same with the Olympics, the mm -hmm. price it doesn't make it no, reasonable. Of but no. that's why countries are coming together now and saying, yeah. okay, let's let's joint venture here. Yeah. Yeah, and also, I, I, so Sharms, it's also look, let's be honest. The states could do it, Europe could do it too, Jimmy. Like oh, 100 percent say, yeah. you just say you're right. Hey, you're right. Let's go like Ryder Cup or or President's Cup. You go, you could say, hey, we're gonna do it in Europe and we're gonna do it in the US or Mexico, US Mexico area. Yeah. And then, then you've got a field at Azteca. You go there for some games. You go for games all through matches, all through uh, the U.S. Yeah. But then they say, just like the Euro. I mean, the Euro is so fun to watch because it's so easy. You know, the pitches are all the same. Yeah. They're they're regulated. There's no, you know, there, there's no. I mean, that that El Salvador game last night. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, that was Did you yeah. like? I know we shared that corner. B put up that corner of Pulisic taking a corner. It, it was ridiculous what those guys were playing in. And I thought the Honduras game was worse. I love mud. I love playing sports in mud, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Warm mud? Warm mud. It's never warm mud in England, though. Never. Yeah, warm it's warm. No, no, it's cold. It's measurable. Yeah. Oh, I mean, but I mean, like, to England, goalkeeper you know, train on a November. Not pleasant, yeah. but I don't know if it feels it's good for the skin. Mud bath's good for the skin. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, England could host a World Cup too, right? The difference is, yeah. what would you prefer though? Like the US has the the beautiful, most beautiful, new, shiny sports stadiums, right? There's no doubt the biggest ones too. Yeah. Would you prefer to see games in those or games in, say, Italy or Spain or England, where you I have think... these these older stadiums with real character? Yeah, they're they're nice. Nice. Just... But I think I think the states really. If they were to hold the World Cup, they they don't need anybody else because all their stadiums are over, like I said, 50, 60,000 plus. Whereas everybody else in Europe, you know, you're going to have a few stadiums that are 40,000 and over, right? Not all of them in Europe are. Like the, the big clubs, yeah. But I just thought with the States, they could they could hold a World Cup without any problems with 32 NFL stadiums easily and no questions added, it would be unbelievable. But that's why now when you look at- Europe, Did you know for the 1994 Olymp uh, World Cup, they had a short list of 99 stadiums that could have hosted the World Cup? In the 99 States. stadiums? Hmm. In the States. Wow. Mm -hmm. 99. I guess you could Oh, yeah, because they got college. Yeah, you're right. They got all the college stadiums. So let's just move all professional <laughs> sports and everything to the States and let them just take care of everything. You know, it's all about that. Well, it's a marketing, too. That's why everybody comes over to North America for preseason as well. Right? They want to get their brands out and the marketing, and everybody's having their preseasons in America. And it's a big market. So if, if uh, let's say it's going down to just Vancouver and Toronto, um, there is a concern that they might drop the number of games too. 
right? Ten games now have been guaranteed, well, not guaranteed, but been given to Canada and Mexico, ten each, and the rest to the States. If Edmonton drop out tomorrow, is there a chance that there'll be fewer than ten games in Canada? Uh, no, no. I don't believe so. There's going to be ten games regardless of uh, two or three. So five and five. Thank God for that. That's well. Right. We've got a long time to think about this and to speculate. We've got a World Cup between now and then. Um, did you see, by the way, Jimmy, the uh, – I'm not sure if you saw it. The Guardian newspaper had their power rankings. 16th. 16th. In your face. Have that. Senegal and Saudi Arabia. You see this, Craig? The Guardian's uh, was power it, was rankings. It, was it Senegal 15th? Uh, you know what? Let me pull it up. I think, I think Senegal was 15th. Let's see. Let me uh, have a look here. Regardless, um, I, what do you think they'll be in the power rankings by uh, kickoff? I, I don't think they'll be 16th. All right. So uh, number one, Argentina. Number two, Brazil. Yeah. Three, Spain. Four, Netherlands. Five, Germany. Six, France. Seven, Denmark. Eight, Belgium. Nine, Portugal. Ten, England. Uh, Eleven, Senegal. There you go. 12, Uruguay. 13, Croatia. 14, Switzerland. 15, Serbia. 16, boom, Canada. 17, Wales. 18, Poland. 19, Mexico. 20, USA. Uh, 21, Morocco. 22, Cameroon. 23, Iran. 24, Tunisia. 25, Japan. 26, Ecuador. 27, is Ghana, 28, South Korea, 29, Costa Rica, 30, Qatar, 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 31, Australia, 32, Saudi Arabia. So according to The Guardian, who know their football and their power rankings, I don't know how they decide this, Canada, 16th. You know, all, you know it's all shit anyways when it comes to the World Cup. <laughs> any, power rankings, any power rankings is shit. Power rankings are bollocks. Because you never know. That's why the betting is we're getting out of the group. Money because you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's just go. Let's just get out of the group then. There'll be a round of 16 games in Toronto and or Vancouver as well. So Canada gets out of the group, plays uh, whoever the hell is. I haven't even seen the, uh, the bracket for ages. I forget now. Mm-hmm. What's their pathway again? Do you remember? Anyone? No, it's been months. <laughs> no, if we, if we get if we get out of that group, we're we're in trouble. We got uh, we got some big big teams there. I think it was was it Spain or Germany? It may have been Spain or Germany. Yeah, you could be right. There's a there's a tough route to the final for Canada. Put it that way. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. Point. Who cares? Exactly, exactly. Still, I thought it was interesting. You know how a a, a renowned football publication, Guardians Football, uh, have some great writers came to that conclusion but they do talk about the uh the wage dispute in the article as well which isn't great we'll see what happens but uh did you catch any nations league over the last few week jimmy you see england losing 4-0 to hungary yeah that's uh yeah england england's a funny one you know what england's all about they're gonna be going crazy right now we're not good enough and we're not this and England's so harsh on the on the management, so harsh on the players. It's ridiculous at times. You're right. And when England goes to the World Cup, they show well. 
they're already, so called, they're already calling out Southgate. People saying he should of be fired. They what is Gareth Southgate to you, Jimmy? What is he? I mean, is he uh, is he a I like coach? Him. Yeah, I like him. I do. I genuinely like him, for sure. I do. You know, and and the thing is, it doesn't matter. You you see teams right around the world preseason don't win a game. All of a sudden, they they go into league play and then they're on fire and they're winning things, right? And you don't know what his tactics are behind the scene and what he's trying out, trying new players, trying different formations, different tactics, working on things. This is your time to do it. This is your time to do it before you go to the World Cup. And if you if you win or lose, it doesn't matter. It's about when you go to the World Cup. How do you perform and what do you do? Right? So you can go all through the pre-games and win everything, get to the World Cup and shit the bed. But you've got to try things now in these games and your friendlies and everything else that you're doing. It's performance over results, right? For, oh, 100% it is. Going into World Cup, it's all about performance. It's tactics and working on things, trying new formations, trying different it, players. Everybody is together. fucking knackered. Of course they are. They've been World Cup qualifiers, playing in the league, Champions League finals, playoff games, championship playoffs to get to the Premier League, and then the Nations League. And then you're playing against Hungary. And Hungary, what are they playing for? A lot. Every one of, of those players wants to be in a shop window to get to the Premier League. English yeah. players are just fucking just shattered. I would take nothing, no stock in these games whatsoever. Exactly. Whatsoever. And at least CONCACAF have canceled the ones in September to give them a chance to go yeah. play a European side and, and at least prepare for the World Cup where Europe, Europe still is playing the Nations League in September, right? Yeah, they've got two games coming up each in September, Nations yeah. League. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Not what you know, want at that point. If we, if, if we ask, if I ask you guys right now, what's the hardest league in the world? It's the Premier League. Mm -hmm. Premier League's got to be the hardest hardest league. With all, yeah. the, all the tournaments that they play, the league yeah. play, it's the hardest by far. So imagine what those players are going through right now. Where was Imagine I reading? Just before I came on today, I was, I was reading about some, some study and they're saying like 55 games is generally should be the maximum for a player a year. That's before they start physically breaking down. 55 games. And, and mm. you saw a whole bunch of those Liverpool players playing more than that this year. Right? Yeah. And, and a lot of players play over 50 games a year now. A lot of players. Mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy. They need this rest. And it's a high pressure too. You know, oh. Can't sleep yeah. at night stuff, you know? Yeah, well, Craig, we we were in England, right, when England was in World Cups. And I remember sometimes watching England play and listen to the whole country, the media, the press, everybody. And I was like, Jesus Christ, how do, how do you handle that? It is crazy, the pressure that is on the players coming from that country. Like, in no sport in the world mm -hmm. will you ever feel – what those England players go through. They are under a microscope. It's mental. Yeah. Yeah. It's intense. You know, speaking oh, of, you know, God. like popularity and fandom, and then to sort of, you know, what they go through, like Costa Rica against New Zealand, this playoff game, Costa Rica was very fortunate to get through. But anyway, they do travel well, don't they? Those Costa Ricans. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. There's only 5 million people in the country, and that was incredible support. They were fortunate too, weren't they? I mean, that foul that was called in the build-up to the Chris Wood goal was, uh, to me, just ridiculous. It, it just wasn't. That was a, a goal that should not have been ruled off, but it was in Costa Rica advance. Hey, Jimmy, I mean, what is the main job of an international manager, though? Uh, you know, obviously, yeah, 
club football, you're with him every single day. It's a different relationship entirely to your international manager. Like, what is his his most important or her most important job as an international football coach? So, listen, I, I mean, I, I can speak on on domestic club football, um, international. I'm assuming what that is, and you've got targets that you've got to reach, right? So, in Concacaf, it's they probably say you've got to finish third in the gold cup you've got to qualify for a world cup and if you get to world cup you've got to get through the first stage so there's targets that those coaches have to reach i'm assuming at international football so there's definitely pressure on all these guys or there might be something where they say okay this is a rebuild year for the next three four years but in eight years, we need to get to this stage and we need to be at a World Cup and we need to start winning games. So there's there's definitely incentives and targets that are going to be laid out for those managers of what they need to hit because the organization has got to set, it, set goals. They have to set goals. They're not just going to hire you and say, hey, you know, good luck and all the best and let's see what happens, right? There's targets and they have to be met. So, Craig, when you had a new international coach every World Cup cycle, which is what I think it pretty much was, right, or, or close to it anyway. Um, you know, what was the first mm. thing they said to you as, as a group? We're going to qualify, we will qualify for the World Cup? Well, I mean, John Herbin says to his guys, you know, that we will qualify for a World Cup. Did he have similar confidence mm. coming from Holger, you know, Frank, um, you know, whoever it is, Bob Lenarduzzi, whoever it was, coaching you? Mm. Uh, well... Not exactly. Yeah, we're going to qualify for the World Cup, and we we have some interesting quad coming out of Concacaf directly. It's uh, it's pretty tough to, you know, say oh yeah, we're going to qualify, but we're we we certainly need the quality in any of the teams to, to qualify for any of the World Cups. That was the most disappointing thing. But I think a lot of it, you know, the fan support and home field advantage is massive in football and in Concacaf, and it's a, it was an absolute zoo going down there. These guys didn't really get the full meal deal because of covid but um it's nasty it's really really nasty hard to get results so um we just gave it our best shot so jimmy when you come into camp with canada right you've been playing wherever it is forest norwich southampton playing a certain brand of football certain style certain tactics right you go into international camp and it's completely different the tactics um, how easy is it for you as a footballer to switch off and switch on again and become this player playing a different role that you've been doing for the previous six months, seven months? Yeah, it's, it's different because you're, you're out of your routine, right? Um, you know, when, you, when you're at domestic football, you have a routine and everything that you follow and you, you, you prepare differently than what you do in international football. International football, all of a sudden, now you're on a plane, you've got three days to prepare, you sit with the manager and the manager starts to talk about tactics couple of days training and then it's, it's straight into a match. Um, so yeah, it, it is difficult, but you've, you've got to be professional within the situation, listen to the tactics and, and, and try to figure it out. I mean, I think we, we were lucky as well because, you know, Craig's the same, you know, we, you play under 15, under 17, under 20 CONCACAF. And so, you know, the style of football, your football changes completely completely compared to what it does in where, where I was and Greg was in, in England. It's a different brand of football altogether. 
the rhythm of the game, the pace of the game. It's it's night and day from what we were used to. So you've got to be able to switch and go, okay, I've got to change my the way I play and adjust to this this situation right now in CONCACAF. It is difficult, 100% it is, but you've got to be professional enough that you you can adjust. And Craig, so, you know that as well. It's so well. different. Yeah, it's a nightmare. You can't talk to them. England, you can talk to them. England, you can go up to them and go like, what the, what the fuck's going on here? Blah, blah, blah. And they'll tell you flat out. You can have that conversation. But if you do that in CONCACAF, oh, they're ready hey, to book my, you. My, my, favorite, my favorite part of the broadcast, Honduras, Jimmy, was you earlier in the game. And you went, to be fair, you know, dealing with these referees is an absolute nightmare. It is. <laughs> it is. Well, you saw the, the performance of that referee the other night. It was yes. embarrassing. Awful. Horrible. Yeah. It was terrible. Terrible. You see the video of the players that's kicking a, that's, that's a couple of Canadian players kicking the referee's door? Fucking restream. Yeah, I saw that. They were Yeah. <laughs> Craig's having some internet issues tonight. Yeah. <laughs> you may have noticed viewers, listeners, our apologies. Yeah. It's, been, it's been so good for so long, Craig's. Uh, well, so good for so long. No, but, it, but, but you saw you saw the players after the match losing their minds because, you know, a good a good referee <laughs> a good referee in a match you don't even notice him, you don't even notice him. That referee the other night made it all about him, his aggression, the way he was, the way he handles situations. It was terrible. It's the worst refereeing I've seen in a very 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 long time. Shocking. Does it make you appreciate when you went back to England after you know a stint in Concacaf? Did it make you appreciate the referees there? Were you a little nicer to them, giving more patience? No, you, not at all. Because you'd be like, <laughs> "What was that called?" And you go, "Fuck off!" And you'd be like, "All right, fair enough." So, it, it, so it, it, it really was that way. It was banter between you and the referees. Oh, in England, yep. yeah, they just yeah. they got it because they understood the passion of the game. They understood, you know, that first few moments of uh, of an interaction where there was a, you know, a a tackle or something happened within the match. They, un they understood right away. They were just like, yeah, I get the passion, but if you took it further, then that's when they would say, okay, enough's enough. Like you're taking a piss now. Who but was the guy that Deech hated? Deech hated um, Uriah Rennie. Oh, he was Spies shocking. Him. Shocking. <laughs> so there was less banter with Uriah. It was more like, man, you just don't know what you're doing. No, nah, look, but there, there was a, there was a couple of decent ones in, in, in MLS that, that I got on with. And they got it. They understood the game. They understood the passion. You know, they 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 could handle the moment. And I remember a couple of times where, and I think I've told you this story before, guys, where, you know, I was a captain at the time and I, I walked over to them and said, you're having a fucking nightmare. I said, every single call, I said, what, did you swallow your whistle? He goes, I'm having a nightmare? He goes, your last three passes went into the stands and I'm having a nightmare. <laughs> and I started laughing. I went, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. But I can, I can accept that. You know, I can accept it where you're, you're both bantering. It's the heat of the moment. And you just you end up shaking hands and having a laugh after it. Did you ever but, confront a referee after the match in, in his room as a coach or a player? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I How'd that go? No, not well. Not well, Ben. <laughs> you ever, you ever see? There's, there's no winner when you're, when you're up against a referee. Well, well, there's there's a winner. Winner. I'm sorry. There's, there's one winner. Well, that's a referee. Only there's only one winner. You're never gonna beat him. 
How were the, uh, the the CPL refs? Were you surprised or not surprised by their? No, some yeah, some are of- some are some are good. Some are, uh, you know, some are some are very good and they get it. Some know that they're still learning. They're still learning their trade. Um, Should it be a development and- league for referees too? Do you think CPL? Of course. It, well, it is. It is right. You get these referees that are. You know, coaching non-league, and all of a sudden are coaching on refing non-league, and all of a sudden now they're they're in a pro game, and you know, I, I I'm 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 in an individual where if I see that, I I try to help them as well. Just say, hey, listen, I get it, you made a mistake there, but and I try to talk to them and be nice with them, but if they've got an arrogance about them, I can't handle that. I can't. Mm-hmm. That's where my head goes. But we talked about uh, this with Victor Montagliani when he was on, and it was about, you know, the judgment of the referee, meaning the scale. They they want to get all the CONCACAF referees up to a certain level. And when you see that type of referee in Honduras running around looking horrible, how far have they come is the question in that process, Jimmy. Charms, you guys know. Have they yeah. come far at all? Have they done? No, no, because like, and I always laugh because the minute that you talk about a referee and the press, like I used to love it if I'm sitting there like that and, and someone from the press goes, hey, what'd you think about the ref? Well, if you've noticed there's an issue about the referee, then there is a problem. There's a problem within the game. You lost four nil and you're like, oh, he was great. <laughs> you know what I mean? So for that for that question to come out about a referee, obviously I'm not the only one that's, <laughs> that saw it. Everybody else says as well. Right? So you, you kind of answer that question yourself just by asking it. Do you think they should be uh, interviewed post-match about decisions? Why not? Why not? If I'll we, just if, say, if, I mean... If, because if 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 a manager makes a mistakes, he get he gets questioned for it. The press come at him, right? We get questioned. If a player makes a mistake, gets questioned. Things aren't good enough. Oh, you made mistakes here. You did this. Why is a referee not questioned? Because well, I, what I ends think... up happening is they go they go to their their little group. They have their assessor and they have conversations after. But no, let them talk. But like you just said, though, they shouldn't be the center of attention. They shouldn't be. They should be a peripheral figure. The minute you start putting them in front of a camera post-match, they become the star for those well, five well, minutes. Well, I don't know if they become the star, but they're getting questioned about what happened in the game. Why did you make that decision? I mean, I, I think from a TV standpoint, from the broadcaster, it would be great. I'd love to interview a referee. Pope, I hate it, actually, but I'd love to watch it. someone else interviewing. be amazing. Yeah. But it's extremely difficult, the job as well and that's one thing we do need to realize how hard it is to referee especially with all you cheating bastard athletes out there trying to fool them the entire time it's not easy is it so okay, they put them so, on the spot having okay, not so, seen replays hold on a minute hold on a minute charms you've got a referee you've got two assistant referees you have a fourth official you have a vr var team so who's responsible for all this Okay, I, I would be happy to interview the VAR referee because that is black and white. That should be black and white. Explain why. The guy on the field making the call, unless right. he's you know going over to the monitor himself, often he's being taught in his ear what to look out for. The VAR guy is under no pressure because he can't, he can't see him. He's in a room behind closed doors. Okay, but who makes the final decision? It's the referee. Okay, so you're accountable. 
you made the decision. So go to the camera after the match. And what did you see? Let's talk. Mm -hmm. You had VAR in your ear. You had two officials beside you. You had a fourth official. And you, at the end of the day, got to make that decision. But you know what happened, though? I mean, you see it every week in the Premier League realm, coaches being interviewed about a conscientious call or whatever. And they'll say, oh, I haven't seen it yet. I need to see a replay. I don't yeah. want to comment on it. It's referee be doing the same thing. I haven't seen it yet. I want to see it again. Give us some time. Consult with my officials. It's no. great. In I think the idea is great. I don't think in, in execution it will be that great. Charms, I'm on you right now. So, no, because when the referee makes a decision, it's a – it's accounted for. He's got people in his ear. He's got his official, everybody around them before he makes that decision. It's not like he makes one decision by himself. Everybody mm -hmm. around them makes that decision. Yeah, but the VER will be the guy saying if something's clear or obvious in his ear, right? No, but what his, what's his job? It's to draw him to the camera and you make the decision. Maybe, you know, okay, in, in rugby, the refs are mic'd. And they explain the calls yeah. as they happen, right? And it seems to work pretty well in rugby. But then again, it's a bit more civilized. The fans are a bit more civilized. The players, I'm not making fun of you guys, but they are a bit more civilized in the field as far as what how they mean, What do you mean, you free. guys? What do you mean, you guys? <laughs> Footballers and ex-footballers. Right? What do you mean, you guys? Are we allowed to? Dan, can you say you guys? You people. They. Is that sportist? It's they. It's He's... sportism. You can't say they. You can't say they. Yeah, you them. people. Them. You, you people. Bad manners, rudeness. Guys who played professional you. soccer. In other... <laughs> yeah, people. They think they're people. Look at Forrest, he's ready to snap. Come on. Oh, he was his internet's just yeah. pissing him off. So if you haven't, if you've noticed that Craig's been quiet this entire time, it's because he's having a nervous breakdown trying to get his internet connected. <laughs> Let's do the old test, shall we? The count test for Craig, but actually live on a show for once. Usually sure. this is what we do before the okay, Craig. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, he's <laughs> <laughs> oh god well we're running out of time anyway so it's probably not a bad thing you know we, we, you, you contributed very well as per usual but uh, stick around jump in when you can jimmy i did see um uh, someone post a picture of you when you were getting your badges what uh someone on twitter put, you, you, you retweeted it it's when you're getting your badges in in ireland oh yeah yeah you are you with um michelle Charles. salgado yeah that's amazing we had uh Michelle Salgado, I mean, at that time, and then over it, we had Michelle uh, Salgado, we had Damien Duff, we had Robbie Keane, Patty McCarthy. Yeah, we Great, so let's explain badges. No, I don't know if everyone knows. Oh, it's, your know what that means. it's your licensing, oh. the, the coach. So, uh, yeah, we had an, an awful lot. We had uh, Carlo Cudicini as well, who was involved with us. If you, if you want to get your uh, badges. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to him. You suck. If you want to get your badges easily, go to Ireland. Are you saying the North or the Republic? Because I was in the Republic with some good people. How long and did people you play against? People. When you so was that um what, what license was that B or? Um, so my B, my A, and the Pro license I did in Ireland. And they take and how long? In total. It took almost, it was about seven years to get. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That was worth it. 
That was worth it. Yeah, no, no kidding. Yeah, it was really worth it. I could have been a doctor. Yeah, uh, I don't know about or at least that. A vet. I'm not sure about that. No, they, they would look at your high school diplomas on that one, buddy. <laughs> Time-wise, he could have been a doctor. Yeah, Whether Jimmy could have been a doctor or not. Era-wise. <laughs> I don't know how you deal the exams, but. Uh, it would actually take more like 23 years because you have to go back and start at grade one again. <laughs> to, but seven years, I mean, look how his internet just kicks in then, eh? Where he can be a smart ass. I hope it con conks out. The minute it conks out, I'm going to hammer him. <laughs> it's amazing. But seven years as a trained to be a coach, and then there's so many shit coaches out there. Jesus Christ. That's, I, look, it's, you know, talking to Nick Dasovich and other guys that have their pro licenses, it's frustrating because you put all that time in and, you know, you're, you're so, you know, your knowledge about the game, there's so much that you have to deal with and go through. Um, but then there's an awful lot of politics as well that that's involved in our game. Um, and, uh, and that's the most disappointing thing especially in Canada, just because like we, you got guys that are good and knowledgeable that played, represent the country and you, you know, you, you're trying to get a gig and you're trying to get back into the game and you know, you, you just can't because your face doesn't, it doesn't fit in and it's disappointing. It really is. And there's a lot of good guys like Nick Dasovich for me, who's got a UEFA pro license, played professional football, worked with the national team. He should be a head coach somewhere and not under 23s in the CPL should be a head coach because he's qualified and he deserves it. And we talk about this league about being for Canadians by Canadians. Well, that's a Canadian, a whole, uh, highly qualified individual. Why is he not got a gig? Why do we have foreigners that, mm -hmm. that are in his place right now? So has he, has he and that, that's why, that's why I get frustrated with the league as well. When we keep saying for Canadians by Canadians, no, we're not, we're not. We've got all these foreigners coming in. We've got foreigners think, in management. I think got with Nick Dasevich, you've got a situation where he's also not going to move across the country for, I mean, I, I don't know what the salaries are, Jimmy, but he's moved an awful lot as a coach before. He's not going to move the family again. No, he's, he's, and, he's, and you, you, you know, he's ready to move. His kids are all older and he's waiting for that opportunity to go. And he just needs a phone call. But he's and I worked with him, and he's nothing. one of the best I've worked with. No, but the CPL, they, they'll pay decent for for a head coach. But will, he a should have a head coach, will a CPL head coach make more than um, an MLS assistant coach? Uh, maybe near enough. Yeah. The same Depends what club it is. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Has he, has he interviewed for jobs, do you know? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. We should get Dazza back on the show. He's a good guest. He's great. Mm -hmm. He's one of the best coaches. Knowledgeable. Like, it's amazing. And I'm surprised why he's not involved with the organization. I want to know and what even, hair dye you and, and, and even when you look at the CPL and you look inside the office, why do we not have Canadians in there? We don't have Canadians in there. It's like that know the game, that know the market. It's brutal. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't get it. But it just seems like if you've got an accent, it works. What are you, what are you saying, Jimmy? Yeah, you've been here long enough. You haven't <laughs> lost yours yet. <laughs> I keep trying. I'm really trying hard. But it uh, hasn't worked. Your boy, uh, your boy Abbasi, has moved to Poe. 
in France. Yep. I'm happy for him. Yeah. He deserves it. He deserves it. I he's love Abzi. Day one, right? Day one with you? I scouted Abzi um, when he was playing in Blainville. And I'll never forget this. I watched him when he was in Vaughn, uh, playing against Vaughn. You know, when they did the, the, Like Blainville, the, uh, Quebec? Is he from? Yeah, I, I don't say it like you, but. Oh, sorry. Well, so, you should. Blainville. Oui. So, Blainville. Exactly. <laughs> Blainville, mais oui. Genie. So Blainville was playing against uh, Vaughn. And five minutes into the game, I see this guy run. I see his balance, the way he moves and dribbles and gets by this guy. And I went, I said, who's that guy? Five minutes, not even. And I was like, wow, this guy's unbelievable. And I signed him right away. He was one of my first signings because I knew the, the potential that he had. And, you know, he played futsal and he was great with the ball at his feet, could read the game. Listen, there was, there was an awful lot of work they had to do with Abzi, 100% mentally, physically, tactically. Um, but he listened and he got it. And I, I could not be any more happier for this, this young man. And, and I really genuinely wanted him to succeed because uh, I think he's got so much potential, so much potential to get to that next level. He's got everything. He's got good size. He's fast. He's got good feet, great left foot, eye for goal. I love him. For for like a CPL player, a young CPL player going to the second division in France, you think that's a a good move, a good stepping stone to get to where he wants to be? Yeah, Yeah, of course. It's a great league. Mm -hmm. It's a great league. And it's a great it's a great spot for him. He'll be comfortable going there. He speaks French. He'll fit in well, you know. And uh, I I bet you I bet you within a year and a half. Put this on the bet. See if these are in the bets because I'm not a betting man, but I'm going to bet in this one. I bet you within a year and a half he makes a big move. Really? All right. Yeah. Well, let's get on uh, North Star bets, Wonger, and see what their transfers are saying about uh. Abzi there. They've got a great page, actually, with uh, transfer speculation. Oh, they do, eh? Mm-hmm. I haven't gone through that part. That's exciting. It's interesting. A long-term bet. I rely on it every day at the parlay. <laughs> North Star bets, transfers, give me some love here. Um, <laughs> Wonger, uh, well, Craig's back. And Craig, one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> How the fuck is this? That's better. <laughs> I better, think. except you're echoing a little. Do you have the other computer on still? You're on your phone, aren't you? I'm on my phone. That's all right. Well, you get any closer to that computer, you're going to be inside it. Oh, not, not for the first time. Not even close. This, this is like that. <laughs> <laughs> I get better looking, eh? Doesn't work. You got to be video. It's got really nice eyes. Wonga, do we have any from your uh, from your Wonga's mail? Yeah, sack? we're gonna we're gonna do one one. It's a it's a most poignant question we've had to date, and but I want you to introduce. I wrote a uh, tagline for Wonger's mailbag, and I need Sharms to. So, Sharms, read this, introduce this. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Time now for Wonger's mail sack. You're itching to know what's inside. <laughs> thank you ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen thank you very much <laughs> uh, um, so, uh thanks david for sending this question in and it's really one of the most important ones and it is uh it's was the opening ska music craig's idea 
I did see him at a specials concert at the Danforth Music Hall. So I thought, and Craig said it was Charms, and I didn't know whether it was Charms or Dickios. I think you two were talking about it, and yeah, I found no, no. it. I, yeah, we talked about it, and we decided we wanted a scar because we all have scar, and I found this available yeah. to us for free. But yeah, Craig was at the specials because I was there also that night. And so Dickie didn't show you eBay, but yeah, remember that Craig? That was must be three years ago now, right? It must be. Yeah, just shows you this can't be. You got to be careful what you do, Connor McDavid. Beware. What do you mean? What did, did you he do? Not, he got in trouble not, at the concert you know, Steve, or something. Well, I didn't read about that. He's got a he's got a girlfriend, right? Yeah. And he, I don't know where he was, but he's out late and he's drunk as hell and he's got some bird on his arm and girl and and uh this guy goes hey corner and he turns around and he kind of goes oh, oh just like hammered like oh yeah oh okay. yeah well you were behaving yourself that night though at, at the specials as far as i remember were you doing that special ska dance you know that dance yeah, where you the, just uh, do yeah That's kick the one. your feet forward wearing our wearing our fedoras yeah what a fun concert! You cannot, yeah. you cannot not have fun at the specials for sure. One of the best shows you'll ever see. They play every year at the, at the Danforth Music Hall. We're going. If they come in this year, we're going. I, I will check when they're here next. Um, they obviously missed last year. In fact, they may have been here earlier this year, and I found out about it later. Anyway, we'll, we'll look into it because I love a good Scar concert. Just amazing. And that's why we thought it'd be a fitting kind of style of music for our podcast. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, Charms, you have to close up that question by repeating the end, uh, the repeating the uh, Wonger's right. Mail Sack. And this has been Wonger's Mail Sack. You're ready to know what's inside. <laughs> so stupid. I knew yeah, I could laugh at it, Crest Whitening Yeah, Jimmy's got nice teeth and a fucking FIFA A badge, but... Wonger's got the itchy ball uh, mail sack. <laughs> Penicillin, Wonger. Penicillin. Penicillin. Well, so. well, thanks, everyone. Um, our apologies for Craig's uh, internet. Um, it's, though, I think we're definitely into the dog days of summer now, aren't we, football-wise? Now, can you believe that the preseason kicks off very soon, actually? Arsenal's first game is July 9th. Can you believe that? July 9th. That's the first game. So... These guys have a couple of weeks off, essentially, and then we'll get some more news. Transfers happening also, all the time, of course. Sorry, Sharms. They also have those games that Audi is sponsoring in, like, Green Bay. Yeah, and the, the North yeah, American tours. There's the tours. American tours. Except tours every summer, North go, America, are, Asia. Are they going to American tours again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? They should have a World Cup in the States, Jimmy, right? Yeah. They should did play you guys World ever Cup. think – did you ever yeah, think about that? Years? Every World Cup should be in the States because there's so many stadiums. <laughs> hey, yeah. Jimmy, Germany called. Caught up by uh, They said, fuck off. Just putting it out there. Yeah. That's what we're here for. A platform to vent all your concerns. All right. Um, well, that's oh, it. No, no. Oh, we I should mention the Jesus. reason we didn't talk about. Sorry, brother. That's we didn't right, talk about MLS and Apple deal. Because we don't really know enough about it. We're going to find out more. We're going to get our feelers out. Sharms was mm. uh, on, on another dark web talking to people. So even the people from the regular broadcast world don't know what's happening yet. Just uh, that's a heads up. I will mm. add that we also didn't talk about it because I forgot to mention it. 
Okay. I thought you were being coy. No, I just plain forgot. All right. Well, at least he's honest. Yeah. You know what we, you know we have to do, guys? Um, as a soccer fan now in Canada, we need Apple to watch MLS. You need Fubo to watch Premier League. You need DAZN to watch Champions League. You need One Soccer to watch CPL. Um, oh, you need TSN to watch the World Cup. Uh, Sportsnet for Bundesliga. Sportsnet for Bundesliga. Who's, who's got who's got uh, all the ligas on TSN as well? Yeah, Italian. A lot of, a lot of TLN. TLN for La Liga. Who's got Serie A? Yeah, it's the changing world, boys. Changing world. What about that Belarusian league? How do I get? How do I get that Belarusian league? I'll stand up. He'll probably know. People can't afford it all. It's just just too much. But if you want to get a quick synopsis about all the leagues on a weekly basis, you know, in a nicely contained package, about fifty-five minutes to an hour, audio only, Footy Prime the podcast is not a bad destination. We won't talk too much about it. All right, everyone. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, We're back on Friday when we'll have some confirmation, obviously, regarding the host cities for the 2026 World Cup and maybe some more information regarding this whole Apple MLS deal, assuming I remember to mention it. So, Wonga, Jimmy, Craig, JC, wherever you are, and Dunlop, hopefully you've finished your facial by now. Cheers for listening. Find news, (laughs) please. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.